0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: Hi, bensound.com. Welcome, everyone, to today's Earth Energy Forecast Show on this Tuesday, January 14th, 2020. Thank you for joining us today, or if you're listening later to the podcast, I am your host, Joan Serio. I am so excited to do this show today because today I get to bring on a friend of mine and a fellow blog talk radio host, Susan Larison-Dans, who is going to talk about these prophecies of mystical women throughout history. She's been studying this for over 10 years now for her project, The Prophetess Legacy, Feminine Voices of the Divine. Beginning her career as an intern in an uh, artificial intelligence lab in 1985, Susan larison danz has degrees in mathematics and computer science, and has spent much of her life focusing on how we can seamlessly integrate objective observation of the world around us with transcendent spiritual experience. Her master's thesis project involving self-modifying code was created as part of the superconducting Super Collider project intended at the time to be built in Texas. A lifelong writer and researcher, Susan is an expert on legendary prophetess Mother Shipton. You can go to Mothershipton.com. She also works as a producer and advocate at LightedBridge.com and speaks at spiritual conferences. Susan launched her blog talk radio podcast, The Frontier Beyond Fear, in 2010, creating an archive of over 400 episodes. You can find those at FrontierBeyondFear.com. I'm so excited to welcome you to the show today, Susan.
0: Hi, Joan. It's so nice to be on your program, and um, I've enjoyed having you on my show multiple times, as some of those shows in the archive were with you. Yes, (laughs) I was was just going to say, this is a switch. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. So, it's really nice to be here, and really talking about something new. Um, Something new and something old. (laughs) Let's put it that way, because... um, it is true that many years ago, I started researching visionary women. And as you know, your show has unfolded, the things that have come forward on your show, when you start to look into prophecy, you see dark and you see light. But sometimes the darkness of it can be really powerful. And so... I really had to give it a break for a while. And now I'm picking it up again and looking at it in a new light. In fact, the word light is important.
1: Mhm. Mhm. How did you get started with all of this research and this?
0: Well, it's a long story and it does, you know, it's a it's a personal story, a personal journey. Um looking at my biography, obviously, I I'm a scientist, and I, um, you know, was I, I, I wasn't particularly. My old science friends, some of whom may be listening to this broadcast, because they do sometimes come by my page. I have a very interesting group of followers, and some of them are what I would term as materialists and haven't really had a spiritual experience, and so it's hard to put that in a framework for them, Um, whereas others, um, I'm really interested to see how some of my old friends are opening up to spiritual experience, because my own journey was all about that. Um, Many years ago, I went through a pretty challenging period. I mean, in fact, I think it's a really good analogy for awakening in general, all transformation, is that, and, and prophecy itself, is that we can go through very challenging times in the world and in our personal lives. And that proves to be a catalyst for awakening. And, you know, as I was preparing for this show, we had talked a little bit ahead of time. I was really thinking about that time because I always, it's hard to frame it. You know, what really happened? A lot of things happened. And part of it, um do I had a, a medical health scare that led me to ask for to be shown the way, basically, because when you come face to face with your own mortality, um, mm-hmm. I had been raised in an evangelical home. I also um, you know was open to other things. Um, you know, when I used to go to camp, for Evangelical Camp, I would sneak down the mountain and sit under a tree. (laughs) And, you know, so um, I wasn't totally engaged with that, but there were a lot of fears that came from that. And, you know, there certainly is a lot of prophecy related to the end times with which I was well-versed in my childhood. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And even later when I dabbled in it. So anyway, To make a long story short, part of my awakening and what prompted this, oh, my goodness, it was like a perfect storm. I mean, that's what I decided today as I was thinking about it. A perfect storm caused me to essentially have serious sleep issues. That's what happened. And through sleep deprivation and during this period, I mean, there's just so many things. I hit my head. It was very Dorsey-esque. I like didn't <laughs> sleep for a long time uh-huh. uh, multiple days. It was like a vision quest, and I myself mm-hmm. opened up to the visionary realm that's what happened. I had always had vivid dreams all my life, some of them lucid and still do in fact, I had one last night about an earthquake, um, but they were dreams, and visionary experience i I needed to study it, but I was as cautious about delving into it because it was so personal as really looking at what happens to people. And one of the things that um, we don't really think about unless we're in certain cultures spiritually is there has been a long history of people wanting to induce visionary experiences. And one way certainly was through a vision quest and depriving yourself of sleep. Um, But there have been other ways, of course, that people have and still do. And when we do this, and I'm not necessarily advocating for this. In fact, my path now, because this was many years ago, really is about staying grounded and having just an intuitive connection that's where i need to be with it right now i don't need any more of you know the the fireworks <laughs> the, the the more elaborate <laughs> visions right. And some of the yeah. women we're going to talk yeah. about you'll see they were nuns they were having ecstatic experiences mm-hmm. i mean this goes mm-hmm. all the way back um to ancient times um and, you know, the mystery schools, and then many indigenous cultures as, as well, we have looked for this, and we are wired for this under certain circumstances. And I think that, that part of my own journey with this is to, to come to a greater understanding of that. And, you know, even in my own family, ironically, I was not a part of this but I am the granddaughter of an Assemblies of God street corner minister. (laughs) And he was really old by the time I'm one of the um, latecomers in my family. And so his influence, it was only on part of the family. And yet what's interesting about that is in our culture today, there are people seeking visions. Certainly within the evangelical community, but also in other communities, indigenously, in the so-called New yeah. Age community, everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so maybe even for myself, as it's a continuing journey, as I work with this, um, it's good to to see that that we need to really take a look at what's going on. There have been some scientists who have, like in the 60s, people were making discoveries. I mean, they were making scientific breakthroughs. Tesla, many years ago, claimed to have seen a vortex of light. He had visionary experiences. Um, Mm -hmm. And, yeah, and and so I think we need to to really look at the nature of human consciousness. That's what we're talking about.
1: Right, yeah.
0: is available to us, is far greater than we realize. And on the edges of that can be these powerful experiences. However, you really need a shaman or you need a guide. In the ancient world, you had guides. In indigenous cultures, Mm -hmm. you had guides. In our culture, we've cut ourselves off from everything. We've cut ourselves off from all the ancient um, tools or knowledge. And so it's not so easy And scary at times. Oh, it's terrifying because anyone who ventures talk to the people, you know, I I use this as an example because it's true. I mean, talk about people going on trips in the sixties, you know, for example. They encountered darkness and light. And the Mm -hmm. same thing is true for any type of visionary experience. And for me and and my own history. We're really talking about this happened in two thousand three, which seems to have been a powerful year for a lot of people. I've talked to other people. Yeah. who he said things yeah. happened to them in two thousand three. I don't know what energy. You know, there's something for you to research, Joe. <laughs> what was going well? On right off,
1: I can then. think of it's a five, <laughs> and there's a lot of change that comes with yeah. the number five. Well, but, yeah.
0: You know, yeah. it was, yeah. and it was our... really the things leading up to that. I mean, 2001 was a tumultuous year for us all. I mean, our foundations yeah. Yeah. were rocked here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. outside of the U.S. Oh, and then definitely. 2000... Oh, yeah. So, this really, for me, um, was a relatively short period um, after 2003. And, you know, I could spend all day long on the whys except to say that it happened. And one of the things I will share that only now, which is so incredible, that right before this show I would take the time, because I've been working with this, part of my personal journey is to work with what happened back then and better understand it. Um, I saw a vision of a tornado. I saw that vision as clear as day. I saw it, I heard it, I felt it coming. I literally heard people preparing for it. I heard everything that had to do with this tornado. And at the time, I told my friends, you know, some of my I was starting to get some some more um well, actually a variety of friends of different spiritual backgrounds. And we didn't know if it was in the future or the past. And in some ways, I still don't know that because tornadoes can follow a similar path. But somehow, during the 2017 anniversary of this tornado, which happened in 1957 in the Kansas City area, I have just verified that I saw it exactly where it was. I was looking out the window at exactly where that tornado was. (laughs) And I saw it across time. And, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I say my experience was Dorothy S. because it is true at the time. To be fair, I don't want to attribute too many special abilities to me. I really had hit my head like Dorothy.
1: <laughs> and I saw a tornado.
0: In fact, I had, you know, I was given a CAT scan, an MRI at one point. mean, you have Toto? Toto's not around anymore. <laughs> What's that? The not
1: around anymore. You did have a oh dog. Oh, no, but although it
0: did have to do with my dog. I mean, this is crazy, too. I mean, I I, I should use <laughs> no. that term. I mean, this is impossible that during the time of this vision, I felt that my dog had died in it, and actually she was still alive. But then I even found a link to my dog with this tornado, which is so weird. This has to do with, if you've seen a dog's life, Those of you listening who may not believe in reincarnation, I do. But if you've seen A Dog's Life, which is about dogs reincarnating, that's the way this particular dog and the one who came after has felt to me. Not only did I see this tornado, I lived in a house right where it went over. And my dog, the first one was born, or the second one was born where the tornado started. And the one before Mm -hmm. her was buried um, right under the tornado. And so she's got some kind of a link to this tornado, too. So I actually have Toto. <laughs> <laughs> and Toto, <laughs> a, too. A, a reincarnated <laughs> version of Toto. And so this may sound so unbelievable, and yet let's part of verifying spiritual experience, which is what those of us as scientists tend to try to do, it's for yourself. In fact, I invite, although be careful what you wish for, so any yeah. scientists sitting out there to open yourself up to more proof. Because you will find things, synchronicities, which are meaningful coincidences and other things that will prove this to yourself. And finally, just before the show, it's like once and for all, that tornado vision makes sense. And and so it, it isn't as much about proving all of this to everybody else. It, you really can't do that. You can to a point. Yes, we can present things, but it's also a very personal experience, and you can look for as much evidence as you want, and it becomes statistically impossible, impossible in quotes since that's kind of a, a non- um, an incorrect way of stating it, but it's so close to being impossible um, that my life could have paralleled this tornado that I saw and didn't know about. I I really didn't know. I had some inkling of it in 20, 2007. I mean, I kind of knew it had been around because it was an F5. It was really bad. It killed a lot of people. Um, but um, anyway, it it helped me. So that's in a, I guess, probably a rather roundabout way, a longer story. <laughs> but yeah, our personal yeah. stories matter, um, how I got into this. Um, uh-huh.
1: So is, would you call yourself a prophetess?
0: Well, here's the deal. I had some experience. I feel like, you know, Jodie Foster in contact. I had an experience. And <laughs> and it it helps that it was a long time ago for me. I mean, I, I highly respect those people who ha- can have these things and integrate them and stay, you know, and and talk about them. But really, what that did for me was open myself up to a more gentler intuition, I would have to say. So there is no question that my experiences, whatever happened back then, opened me up and that I navigated through really a variety of visionary experience it isn't just seeing the tornado thing was really vivid I mean that was incredible Um, but other ways of knowing is you know you can feel like you know something or that you know you're experiencing something without seeing it with your eyes Let's put it that way. The tornado was unusual because I literally saw and felt it physically. Um, so wow. I don't want to you put myself up. On, oh yeah, I felt it. It was coming for me. In fact, it's very possible this was a past life. I don't know. I mean, clearly my dog has some connection to it. And do we reincarnate with our animals? I do believe we do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I could have been seeing my own life. You know, there's. It's not necessarily linear. But I could have actually been seeing. I was born in this life after the time of that tornado. Not to say it's a total requirement. Reincarnation's complicated. But a case could be made that I experienced it. Yes, that is possible. So, um, And then at the time, I was working with a lot of fears, and this is important, They came from my knowing about things like the end times. And so as we talk about these prophetesses, what is the context in which they are having these experiences? They are having a higher experience. And, and what can we verify? There certainly are things we together can look at and verify. And that is important. But it doesn't take away from what you can verify for yourself. And those things... You don't have to prove to anyone else, really. They're really just for you. It's a gift for you to help you be at peace, you know, with whatever your path is. So I would call myself intuitive. And I have had some things happen where I've seen some things, in addition, that I'm hesitant because of knowing the nature of prophecy, sorting it out. You know, even the tornado, was it going to happen? Or was it in the past? You yes, know, that yeah, that wasn't clear. It it really a mindful person who has an intuitive experience like this. You don't want to scare people. <laughs> I mean, really, you don't want because what if you're just working through your fears? Vision quests are like that. You encounter yes, yes. your fears. Mm-hmm. You do. So, yeah. As much as I'd like to say that all of these prophetesses and what they're saying, you know. Actually, I don't want to say that it's all true because some of this is really dark. Um, But we as a culture like to put people on a pedestal who provide this kind of information. We have always sought it. You know, even the ancient oracle, we've sought it personally, we've sought it for cultures, we've sought it when we used to go to war. I mean, mm-hmm. we live in a totally different time now. We're only a small segment of the population, but maybe bigger than we think is still looking at prophecy. You know, because I come from that evangelical culture and still have, you know, I'm still surrounded by it and interested in what is being said in terms of prophecy, um, I know there are a lot of people, and they're listening to this show. I know from my own show, The Frontier Beyond Fear, I often speak to people of different spiritual backgrounds, and that's a sizable group of people who believe in prophecy. So, um, But I think they would also respect a person who isn't going to rush into saying, listen to me, because mm-hmm. you're not going to get that from me. <laughs> you're just going to get what can we look at together. I'm not going to put myself on a pedestal and tell you, like some kind of an oracle, this is going to happen. Because
1: Uh Uh
0: I had my own experience that I'm sorting through. Now, some of these women did. These women, you know, their words were reported, and um, there are a lot of interesting things around the women. And I chose to study women in particular just because I felt like they hadn't been studied enough. Um, And I personally related to some of their stories, and um, and so it's what this is that I'm creating, you know, it may be broader. People always say, well, when's your book coming out? Well, I don't know, because nowadays I wonder about the relevancy of books, if we need to just put things on the web as well. I mean, I'm not saying there isn't a book or multiple books that would come from this, but it's really a project, and I have shared a wealth of information on Mother Shipton, for example, on mothershipton.com, and more is coming that could very well be in a book, but I choose to freely share it on the Internet because I want that resource to be available to people to think about it, and the same may be true for some of this information.
1: Yes, so it's interesting that you pick women um, because we we know about uh, Nostradamus or Edgar Cayce, you know, we've heard so much about the men that have been the prophets, but not so much about the women. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about Mother Shipton, who was referred to as the 16th century female Nostradamus of England.
0: Right, right. Well, the reason I got involved with Mother Shipton, and this happened pretty early on, is because I started to discover so many anomalies about her. Um, people weren't talking about her accurately, truthfully. She, and I wanted to get, as a scientist, some more accurate information out there. But at the same time, as someone who's spiritually aware, I wanted to – and let's, let's be careful there. I do not believe spirituality is independent of science. All of these things are a journey to discovering truth. That is a materialist view that, you know, anything spiritual couldn't be science. Let's. I do that subconsciously, even when I talk, and I need to stop myself and say, exploring spiritual experience and consciousness and quantum realities and quantum physics and multiple dimensions and all of that, that's science. That's science, people, and I need to remind myself, too. Um, Mother Shipton. A lot of people will say she didn't exist at all, in fact, many historians huh. were saying that that she was a legend you know that she was kind of like um you know like the Arthurian legend, although people will claim that actually existed in its own way. She was like Merlin um or something, and that she didn't really uh-huh. exist and yet there have been people, and there was a really obscure historian who lived in the area where she did, who was not particularly spiritual, but really wanted to know if she lived. And I openly on my website, and his name was Arnold Kellett, and he died during the midst of my first discovering this. I had wanted to talk to him, and then he died. Um, but um, he actually did a lot of groundwork in trying to prove that she existed. and But who she was, um her prophecies she she would have lived traditionally um the dates of her life are given as 1488 to 1561 and she lived in Yorkshire England and the but the first a lot of people were illiterate back then and so things traveled by word of mouth and she basically told a very The story goes is she predicted the death of um, the archbishop who was in um, Henry VIII's court, and she got in trouble for that (laughs) because he kind of said, and he was a cardinal. He'd been demoted at that point um, to to be a cardinal, and he heard a rumor that some woman in Yorkshire was saying he was going to die. And he didn't like that because he thought maybe she was putting a curse on him. Uh-huh. And maybe she was a witch.
1: You know, that's, <laughs> yeah, of that's
0: a woman, witch-burning be a witch. behavior. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah, here we go. You don't go, yep. you don't go doing things like that. So mm-hmm. as the story goes, and I believe there is evidence to show that at least part of this is indeed true. But when you look in the past, and it's all word of mouth, because these noble – Men came to visit her and said, and they were. She was a really nice woman. I believe she was kind of a, a local herbalist. You know, or she lived by these healing waters, um, that became the spa. Uh, there were there were spas in the area later, in time, and so one can, um, believe that she may have been a local. You know, just like your local um, spiritual person that you know that you go to for help, you know. And in those days, that may have involved herbal remedies and different things. Um, well, these men warned her and said, you shouldn't be talking like this about this cardinal um, because he's going to burn you at the stake. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, pretty much a popular thing (laughs) yeah. (laughs) and some people said that she did burn at the stake you'll see that floating around there's no evidence that Mother Shipton was ever burned at the stake in fact um, people think she lived into her 70s and again you have to you have to suspend some it's hard to study a local rural woman who lived in England, who did some rather remarkable things. Um, And some of the things attributed to her were forgeries, that too. And so that made people doubt what she was about. But way back then, she did accurately predict his death. He did die. Um, He died of dysentery, this cardinal. And not only that, when she talked to these noblemen, she predicted their deaths and things that would happen to them, and that came true. Um, and some of that—that's some of my own research too—is I've really looked at some of these prophecies. Some of it has been done ahead of me, and I've—I attribute that. But other things, I've really tried to look at some of these prophecies and better understand what happened to these people. Could she have been right? And I'm not going to get into all of them because we'll spend the whole time on Mother Shipton and not the Earth. But it's important to say that there were things that happened that led people to believe in Mother Shipton. And also, this historian pretty much verified with documented evidence that she successfully um, perceived the siege at York. There was a prophecy about that in the 1600s, and more importantly, the fire of London. And there's an amazing story about the fire of London. Now, Nostradamus also predicted the fire of London. Um, that is among Nostradamus's prophecies. But Mother Shipton, um, it is said that people believed so much in Mother Shipton's prophecy when London co- caught fire, they got out of there because they said Shipton said it's going to burn to the ground, <laughs> <laughs> and they were out. And it could have even made the the fire worse. Also, there's some evidence that she accurately predicted the plague that had occurred there before the fire of London. Interesting. Yeah. So in any case, and you know, you have to look at contemporaneous accounts. There was a Mm -hmm. ship's captain in his log during the fire of London. He was out um, on the water, and he said to his crew, Shipton's prophecy is out. Mm -hmm while he's watching London catch fire. You know. So let's talk about that. He didn't say, Oh, you know, I heard about this lady a long time ago and I think her name was Mother Shipton. No. All he had to say was Shipton's prophecy was out. In other words, everybody knew who this was. It's like
1: it's mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, mm-hmm.
0: the city's burning and and this is a verified account that he said that. Um and Let's be clear that her name wasn't – she may have had a relationship to marrying Shipton. There's this reference to Shipton's wife um, in history. But her real name was, we believe, Ursula. And the earliest account of her name, which nobody believes – and this is another thing I explore on mothershipton.com that nobody else has really talked about. But to me it made sense. They called her Tell. And what I believe, look, in those days, think about names like Miller and Carpenter and, yeah. you know, names that are what you do. Do, right. yeah,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: What um, you Smith, yeah. Smith.
1: Mm-hmm. Why Blacksmith. would it be yeah. so
0: implausible that her last <laughs> name would be Tell? <laughs>
1: yeah. Because maybe that's
0: what she did. <laughs>
1: He was a sin <laughs>
0: Yeah. We are so, um Yeah. There's a bias Our language that is more we all little. have. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I even even those of us who've had spiritual experiences, we kinda discount it and we really need to think about how in history and even today, as much as many of us wanna deny that spiritual experience is alive and well today, it is alive and well today. And many people in different ways in their own fashion Participate in a spiritual path of one kind or another, and it, whether it's through a religion or something else. And back then, attributing her name, Tell to me is not implausible. Whereas some people had said, "Oh, come on! You mean to tell me she'd be called Tell, That has to be made up." Actually, if anything, it's it's probably true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So okay. Let's jump ahead. I'm looking at the clock. Although we're doing pretty well. Um, okay, so I know you
1: have a lot of information. Talked,
0: let's let's talk. Yes, yeah, a lot of information. And there's more. What about to the unfold. world? What about
1: yeah? What about prophecies have talked about either the end of the world or something that has to do with our time now?
0: Well, before we leave Mother Shipton, let's jump okay. over to some of her prophecies. Now, some of these. The weirdest thing about Mother Shipton is people who forge on her behalf have a tendency to be prophetic too. <laughs> I do not know. Not everybody, I'm sure. But there there have been people who have discounted some of these because of the potential of them being a forgery. And so part of my study of Mother Shipton and also others who have studied her is not to quickly dismiss or state definitively some of the things. But um, I used to talk on Mother Shipton, and I'm jumping ahead in my lecture here that I used to give. And um, I, in my notes, for example, there's a prophecy. This may, again, it's hard to, to say. There are those who say that this may have originated later. I, Even if it did, um, it's an important prophecy, is... Um, she talked about a fiery dragon crossing the sky and or this prophecy had to do with a fiery dragon crossing the sky. And I wondered it said for seven days and seven nights man will watch this awesome sight. And before that it says, Mankind will tremble and frighten be for the sixth herald. In this prophecy, so and some of these were biblically related, and so I wondered if it could have referred to a solar flare
1: and mm-hmm. there was That's the one first thing in I saw fifty
0: nine yeah, that was seven days
1: right, the Carrington event, yeah,
0: yeah, and um and also calling it a dragon's tail, what would the aurora look like to you? You know mm-hmm. whoever mm-hmm. is seeing things in the future it's a form of remote viewing. In fact, that's important to note yes, is
1: yes.
0: is interpretation and the viewing are two different things. What you mm-hmm. see and what you think about what you see are two different things. Now, some people will feel that they're receiving words. That is absolutely true, and they record the words. So that's more than just seeing. They're feeling like they're hearing an interpretation, and you can objectively consider well did that interpretation come from their background or did did it really come from spirit and you know you just have to flow with this and see what you see um another prophecy that i thought was interesting and again we need to be careful here with mother shipton because a number of people have tried to attribute things that are oddly prescient to her and some of the research around her is trying to find those sources um And unfortunately, Kellett, who was looking into this the most, died before he could convey some of that material to people. So this is an ongoing investigation. Another thing that's floating around there, the tides will rise beyond their ken to bite away the shores. And then the mountains will begin to roar and earthquakes split the plain to shore. So that's very relevant to some things I know you've been talking about. Uh-huh. Uh, and flooding. Well, yeah. Yeah. And Yeah, I can see I can
1: see the first one, actually the first one would be the cause of the second one. Um, mm-hmm. you know, if we if you I had Ben Davidson on from Suspicious Observers talking about the micronova event that uh Doug Boat also talks about. And so uh, you know, during that super flare or that micro nova that comes from the galactic sheet passing through our galaxy and into the sun. And then all these charged particles um, come at us that we would have a huge uh, flood on one side and, you know, probably frying on the other side and earthquakes and all of that would happen. Definitely.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, before we go to, this is what led me to to be, this is challenging material for us to right? Well, this particular set of prophecies, again, they can't be, they're still being examined. They, at the very least, though, according to Kellett, they could have come from a forger in the 20s, but if they did, a lot of this hadn't happened then either. I mean, this is still important right, because yeah, right, he was trying right, yeah. to verify that. So we need to be a little careful with Shipton just because it is an ongoing research project. This is really serious work to figure out who said what. How is it that forgers, who some of whom were verified, got some things right? How did they do it? And that's interesting too. But in this particular passage, and then I'll I'll jump to something else. Going backwards, sort of confirming what you said, this passage starts. It's a rather long passage, but let's go backwards in a, a little. Um, it says, for storms will rage and oceans roar when Gabriel stands on sea and shore, and as he blows his wondrous horn, old worlds die and new be born. Mm-hmm. This gets really interesting later, especially since the most basically this could not have originated later than the nineteen twenties is what Kellett was saying. And that's important because um some of these things they wouldn't we wouldn't necess- they would they could still be predictive of the future. Um okay, let's see looking at. There's one part in particular I find interesting that even if they were talking about this in the nineteen twenties, I'm amazed by. Um and those that live will ever fear the dragon's tail for many years. But time erases memory. You think it's strange, but it will be. And before the race is built anew, a silver serpent comes to view and spew out men of like unknown to mingle with the earth now grown. (laughs) I'm getting over a cold. Now I
1: cough. Uh, Well, now I should have Chris back on. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about the ETs, yeah.
0: Yeah. Literally losing my voice here. Cold from its heat. And these men can enlighten the minds of future man
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: to intermingle and show them how to live and love, and thus endow the children with the second sight. Wow! I don't know why I'm losing my voice right now. This is a real prophecy, but it may not. <coughs> it goes back to the twenties, at the the soonest or Um, A natural thing so that they might grow graceful, humble. Maybe it's humbling to lose my voice. And when they do, the golden age will start anew. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh.
1: I have had a call, but it's
0: held up right up until this time. So what this was talking about was, was this a sign for a more enlightened age? Uh Uh-huh. And now I'm going to jump to something else totally. Well, wait a minute. (laughs) You have have a question first. That
1: silver, that silver serpent. I mean, were they? Oh yeah. I think that's what you said. Was that the mothership that came here? And
0: well, it is mothership, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It's the
1: mothership that came.
0: (laughs) But here's the deal with this prophecy. I'm getting my voice back. Good. Maybe it's so powerful I can't speak it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> when when the historian who surfaced this died, there was another mother Shipton expert who was I was talking to at the time um, who had written a more spiritually oriented book. And he actually wrote to the wife to try to find the pamphlet this was in. <clears throat> the wife of Dr. Kellett because we're trying to find it. He claimed, and I believe him, he was a real historian who worked as a professor, that he saw it first in a 1920s pamphlet from an evangelical group. <coughs> and so even that group, in my mind, would not have been talking about this. <laughs> not normally. This is a really unusual for any to be anyone to be talking about, and I agree. You can draw lots of conclusions from that. It also talks about an enlightened age, and it talks about things that normally evangelicals wouldn't talk about, truthfully, having come from that background. They don't usually talk about, like, indigo children, <laughs> or you no, know, enlightened no, no, children yeah, of yeah. the new earth,
1: no, or things yeah, that like that, and yet that. this originated
0: no. a long time ago, and I do well, believe him That at least in the 20s, and, you know, his thing was he believed these people were forging in Mother Shipton's name. I mean, that is true. This is where we get into the forgery business. And I could go on all day about some of the other prophecies that predict things like telegraphs and actually, all right, we'll do this really fast because otherwise we'll be on Mother Shipton the whole time. Let me, I'm jumping to a different lecture that's a survey And it's quicker because I kind of stepped through it really fast in that one instead of my Mother Shipton lecture, which is very detailed. Okay, for example, around the earth thoughts shall fly in the twinkling of an eye. That particular prophecy is believed to have been forged in the 1800s, but before there was a uh telegraph. Carriages without horses shall go, and men shall fly as birds do now. So there are things that refer, and you'll see these particular prophecies floating around and when it comes to mother shipton it's it's complicated let's put it that way it is a it is a you could spend your whole life studying her, and I will continue to study her and My goal is to look at the forgeries, look at what could be truly hers, and sort of Figure out why some of the forgeries are predictive as well. And yeah,
1: which is we can learn a lot there.
0: Mm-hmm. And obviously the one I just shared about the serpent is really interesting. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. let's – actually, I am going to jump into this survey because otherwise we're going to run out of time in the live show. And I I think that some of these are really interesting. So I'm going to jump through some of these because they're kind of cool. <laughs> um, um Okay. this is from the sibylline oracles now they're a little bit di- the sibylline or- oracles are a little bit different than the sibylline books they sound like the same um there there were these the, the sibyl of, of Cumi um wrote a number of prophecies those were around 500 bc but this particular wow. set Oh, yes, this particular set is from the 2nd century to the 6th, the 2nd century B.C. to 6th century A.D. Some of these are dark. Um, A single day will see the burial of of mankind, all that the long forbearance of fortune has produced, all that has been raised to eminence, all that is famous and all that is beautiful, great thrones, great nations, all will descend into the abyss. All will be overthrown in one hour. And during that time, quote, men would be living on unholy enterprises. Then it says, this is from the Sibylline Oracles, sometimes referred to as Sibylline as well. Now I will tell of a very evident sign that you may understand when the end of all things is coming, when swords in the starlight heavens appear by night towards dusk and towards dawn and straightway dust is carried from heaven to earth and all the brightness of the sun fails at midday from the heavens and the moon's rays shine forth and come back to earth and a sign comes from a rock with dripping streams of blood very dark (laughs) that's all i kept of that one it is a dark prophecy let's talk about dark prophecy for a minute There are many female prophets in particular who speak of two worlds and of timelines as if, and we know from string theory and multidimensional studies that every possible, there is a theory that every reality could exist. So, simultaneously. That's right. So, well, and that word simultaneous, you know, what is linear time really? You know, it gets so, time itself yeah. we don't understand. Yeah. I mean, in our vernacular. Anyway. Yeah. We, so, we have to use
1: a word that refers to time in order to <laughs> describe something that is time. It's not true. So, so and yeah. yeah,
0: I know, you know, we talk about dark things. I know that there are people come on the show talking about dark things. I'm actually an advocate that all possibilities are open, even what I just read from that prophecy related to the Mother Shipton work was positive. It had a positive outcome. And these same people also said, No more will treacherous gold and silver be, nor earthly wealth, nor toilsome servitude, but one mm-hmm. fast friendship and one mode of life will be with the glad people and all things will come and be an equal light of life that's 2nd century BC
1: mhm
0: that prophecy. sounds like
1: the age of aquarius
0: yeah that we're entering so soon when
1: saturn yeah. moves into aquarius soon yeah yes yeah.
0: so mm-hmm. so we have to hold both of these things in our hands this was true of my own experiences I had. There were some dark things and then the extremely loving, incredible, unconditional divine love coming through. So it's important. Um, okay, I'm going to jump looking through. Okay, here's one. Um, Odelia, many of you have heard of St. Odile. She lived 662 to 720 A.D. She was born blind, and her father viewed that Mm. as an evil sign and sent her to the nunnery. (laughs) To the nunnery you will go. She healed her own eyesight. That'll
1: teach you. Mm -hmm. She She did.
0: She healed at the Mm. monastery. One of the things Mm -hmm. she talked about was, listen to this, how would she see this? A single projectile charged with all the power of the universe, an incandescent column of smoke and flame as bright as 10,000 suns rose in all its splendor
1: what did that clear make see?
0: It? well yeah a clear so what did she see you know is she a remote viewer she she may have been mm-hmm. blind and she mm-hmm. hurt, healed her sight but she was seeing something she had a second oh, yeah. sight
1: right um, yeah that's usually yeah. what happens yeah. But, yeah
0: okay jumping ahead um
1: so do you Hilda think Gardner. that maybe she was predicting uh, when we used the bombs in uh, Japan in World War Two?
0: Yeah, you know, not all of this is necessarily in the future. Not all of this necessarily says we're all going to, you know, die in a nuclear war. Some of yeah, this let's talk about it. Mean, say,
1: say a few more – give us a few more examples, and then let's talk about that because, you know, are we – Destined for this or what? So so go ahead. Well,
0: again, we more. talk about the yeah. timeline. Um, okay, well, mm-hmm. we got to talk about Hildegard of Bingen. She's really interesting. Oh, yeah.
1: 1098 oh, yeah. to
0: 1179. She was a woman of influence. She was a mother superior. She was in with the German aristocracy. She had visions starting at the age of three.
1: She wow. shared her
0: visions to three popes and many in royalty. She was a real woman of influence. She wrote a book blaming the fall of mankind on Satan and not on Eve. <laughs> there's <laughs> Hildegard for you. Yeah. Um, and she fell out of favor with the the church. <laughs> of course. <laughs> At one course. point. Okay. Here's Patriarchy. From Hildegard. They try to, uh-huh. I, I'll have to speed this up because there's just so much. Okay. The time approaches when princes and people will renounce the authority of the Pope. Which is interesting. Oh, and listen to this about the comet. Before the comet comes, many nations, the good accepted, will be scourged by want and famine. The great nation in the ocean that is inhabited by people of different tribes and descent will be Sounds devastated like by earth. I know, earthquake, storm, and tidal wave. It will be divided hmm. and in great part submer- submerged. That nation Which, yeah. will also have many misfortunes at sea and lose its colonies.
1: Oh,
0: uh, I know. That too. Yeah, there's a people
1: that saw that, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Hildegard. Through its tremendous pressure, the comet will blast much out of the ocean and flood many countries, causing much need and many plagues. All seacoasts will be full of dread, and many will be destroyed by tidal waves, and most living things will be killed. Even those who escape will die from horrible epidemics. But then she also predicted a peaceful age after the Earth upheavals, when citizens of quote the great nation will carry no weapons in a land of abundance. Basically, hmm. um, so she also talks about. Is she talking about, about two worlds. I believe so too. Let's talk about. Okay, I know we're coming close to the end of your live show. I We've got so. we got about
1: thirty minutes left. Yeah.
0: Oh, good, good. I thought it, the live show was an hour, but that's great because we got plenty of no, material. No, we have thirty
1: minutes left. Yeah, we have thirty gonna
0: minutes left. I'm going to jump to one of my favorite two world prophets, prophetesses, is a more recent person, Mira Mira Alfasa. She was an Indian mystic. She lived 1878 to 1973. She was known as the Mother. This prophecy came from 1931. Quote, A new world is born. At present, remember, this is 1931. At present, we are right in the midst of a transitional period in which the two are mingled. The old world persists, yet all-powerful continuing to dominate the ordinary consciousness, and the new one slips in quietly, unobserved, to the extent that externally it changes little for the moment, and yet it works, it grows, till one day it will be sufficiently strong to impose itself visibly. Unquote. Wow. Mira alfasa 1931, from India.
1: Yeah, going from 3D to 5D, a lot of um, spiritual Uh teachers are teaching right now that, yeah, we might have these two worlds, the new earth, that may be coexisting right now. Yes. Yep.
0: That's why when we look at these things, and remember, everything does exist. I mean, that's the interesting thing about multidimensional theory. Everything exists. Not to mention there's another problem that I surfaced with Mother Shipton, actually one of the forgers. Um, and this is a really serious thing to keep in mind. We think that all these prophetesses and prophets are seeing real things in the world, and they are. But there is a, they are in this sense. There is a prophet, there's a prophecy related um, to Mother Shipton that has to do with seeing images on a wall. She was looking at movies. And Or somebody, actually, that one may be a forger. But even that, I've tried to prove there were no movies when this thing showed up. You know, what were they talking about, seeing images on a wall? So one of my theories that I advance in the prophetic world is because entertainment in the modern world is so dominant in our consciousness. I mean, all kinds mm. of things, even literal dragons. Look at Game of Thrones. There's yeah. something absolutely nothing to stop a remote viewer from the past to see what was dominating our consciousness at this time and that really gives you some some cause for hope when you think about that because Mm -hmm. and it makes total sense when you think about prophecy as remote viewing, and I personally experienced this with a tornado. I mean, I saw that thing, and I was right in the space. I opened a window, and the drapes looked out and saw where that thing was across time. So I didn't understand it. No, I wasn't looking at a movie. I could have been. So, you know, we really have to be honest with ourselves about – You know, what's going on here? We're scientists. What's happening? Does it mean that it's all false or just watching movies and that's it? No, no. But it is possible that some of this comes from what's dominating our consciousness because we watch a lot of, you know, dramatic stuff in our age, and they couldn't have predicted that. I mean, they had plays and stuff and puppetry. and things. I mean, but they wouldn't have had a concept for seeing these things. And it was a prophecy related to Mother Shipton that clued me into this, um, though I do believe I'm the first person to talk about. It. I haven't seen others talk. I mean, I can't be sure. I haven't read every possible book on prophecy, but it is something that at the very least I came up with independently thinking about what people could be seeing. I mean, this could even influence Nostradamus. I mean, it depends uh-huh. on how you view prophecy and what you're looking at. But putting that aside, what we're seeing here, there are many explanations That we need to be thinking about. That's our scientists. That's our scientific impulse. That doesn't take away the higher transcendent things going on. I mean, I had a personal. I have a personal intuitive connection that has surfaced things. I mean, Joan, you know, even in the last week, I surfaced something pretty much impossible and really fast. You know, there. (laughs) Really fast. (laughs) And and you know, you can't explain it. And and so there is spirituality. So let's not go too far down that path and throw the baby out with the bathwater. But let me jump around a little more. See what else I'm missing. Cold's acting up.
1: <clears throat> it's interesting about what you're bringing up because <laughs> there's no way they they could have known about nuclear weapons or these you know, perhaps the mothership or other things. Um, and yet they describe it to a T.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I'm losing my voice. again. <laughs> oh, no. Well, Take t- 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 your time. Cold.
1: Get some water. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've Get some got water. To there, no problem. <clears throat>
0: Excuse me. I have had this cold coming into here. And it's so typical. You know, that's Even that's symbolic of the nature of prophecy, how it gets scattered, kind of. You know, it's like it's not just this clear scroll laid out in front of us. All right. Let's see. What else do we have here that I can – some people just had ecstatic mystical experiences. (coughs) Okay. I'll try to say this. If I lose my voice completely, we'll have to continue another time. Um, Anna Maria Taigi, 1769 to 1837. She had many visions. I found this one interesting. She lived in 1769 to 1837. Think about this. How would she know this? She talked about a darkness that came upon the earth. During this darkness, artificial light will be impossible. Only blessed candles can be lighted tell me why someone who lived between 1769 and 1837 would be talking about artificial light.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So did she see an EMP or, you know, a a Carrington event would very much cause that. Mole Pitcher was a very famous, um, she's known as the Sybil of the American Revolution She told George Washington, long after you are dust, you and your wife shall reign as king and queen in the hearts of your country's people. She lived 1736 to 1813. She said horses will be kept for pleasure and ornament, nothing more in the days to come.
1: Uh
0: Uh Magdalene Porza in the 1850s, quote, it is a grand epoch which is going to commence. The elect living upon the earth should, through spiritual electricity, elevate themselves in order to go forward. Behold, hear the fire from below for burning and changing everything. Behold, hear the fire from above. The love of God comes to embrace and transfigure the world. Since I am as I am, I see nothing else before us but union and universal fraternity. All men are in reciprocal love. One helps the other. They are all happy. She saw this in the 1850s. Did she see light beings, you know, spiritual electricity? What is that?
1: Interesting. She could have been seeing auras. You know, it's hard to say.
0: Now, um, Helen Blavatsky, lots of lots of writing eighteen thirty-one to ninety-one. She talked about an age of light. Um, she said that. It, um, now you got to be careful, co- with, careful with Blavatsky, because some of this can be interpreted <coughs> offensively, and I'm not intending that at all. I'm just quoting something she said. Um, the new races or races, some of this was used by the Nazis, so let's be careful here. Let's think of it more as a higher, you know, all of us together as as man and womankind and everyone else. You know, we can't say that anymore, all of us together. Even now, under our very eyes, the new races or races are preparing to be formed, and that is in America that the transformation will take place. It has already silently commenced. It will be altered in mentality and will move toward a more perfect spiritual existence. And she also talked about, this is Blavatsky, Whatever plane our consciousness may be acting in, both we and the things belonging to that plane are, for the time being, our only realities. As we rise in the scale of development, we perceive that during the stages through which we have passed, we mistook shadows for realities, and the upward progress of the ego is a series of progressive awakenings, each advance bringing with it the idea that now, at least, we have reached reality, in quotes. But only when we shall have reached the absolute consciousness and blended our own with it, shall we be free from the delusions produced by Maya, which is illusion. Right. That's Blavatsky. <coughs> Gosh, just cough. I'm sorry, guys. It's just like I've had this cold. You know, I've been talking too much. But this is such a good one from Emma um, it She said it in 1938. There will be planes shaped, shaped like pencils that will take men into space. Mm-hmm.
1: The rockets, yep.
0: And by doing so, we'll punch holes in the atmosphere, letting in lethal cosmic rays that will kill many millions. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I think my is going to get the way. best to be here. Yeah. But, Yeah. Fatima, I don't
1: even. I mean, there's a whole bunch there.
0: Oh, that there's a lot. What is oh, the Fatima? Yeah. Let's, let's 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 just
1: stop because um, supposedly the Pope and the popes. I'm, I'm assuming that this prophecy has been passed down from you know Pope to Pope to Pope that there was something that was never shared with the public.
0: That's right.
1: From what? Yes. What what do you know about that, and and do you think it's going to be shared soon?
0: Well, a lot of people have speculated about that. Whole entire books have been written about that. <clears throat> I don't know if I could speak of it. I'm using <laughs> my voice. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, some people say it was, you know, the the shooting of a pope was, but. You know, I think it's all speculation as to what it was. I mean, it could have been anything, and and we don't know. I mean, some people claim to know, so I don't want to take that away from them. I mean, have written about it. But I I cannot speculate as to what it was. I do consider, because Lucia was the head child, mm-hmm. essentially, and became a nun, I consider this right. – part of the, the prophetess legacy because she was age 10 with her cousins, um, her young cousins, when, you know, they saw a lady of dazzling light, smelling of roses, is what they said. And a lot of things have been manipulated, too. I mean, one thing that can happen with prophecy is it falls into, you know, the hands of the church and then they they... they they want to mold yeah. it to what mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. they want it to be molded to, so you got to be careful. Madam Sylvia, I'm going to jump around a little more, and then I'm going to lose my voice, <laughs> if I don't watch it. I just want to get this out, because there's so many cool things. Early 20th century, Europe will become a unity of one nation, not many nations huh. anymore. There will be... wow. Different people and different souls, but not nations. I see one banner, white, in the middle of Europe, a tower. The map of Europe, white, not bloody anymore. The heart of the world is broken, yet it rises anew. I cannot understand it. That's Madame Sylvia. Oh, that was interesting. Yeah. Isn't it?
1: With the euro and, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yep. Um... Ruth Montgomery has a lot of interesting things. Listen to this one in 1985. Now, I don't know if this could have been known in 1985. She actually talked of a pole shift, um, so you really should study Ruth Montgomery, and I probably should, too. She said there would be violent alterations in weather patterns. Um, She did foretell, by the way, Richard Nixon's re-election and his resignation. Um, She foretold a number of things in her time. She also said we ask that you picture a giant wave higher than a 10-story building racing toward shore impossible to escape it so in that moment of terror no. it is well to put aside fear and think only of the good that is to come by passing into spirit. She wrote that in 79. Now could she have been watched? I just watched a movie that showed that. What was it um well, the day after tomorrow, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that whole movie yeah. theory, sometimes I'll see these props. I would love to write right. a There's going to be I this mean, huge
1: flood that they're saying, yeah. Well, could it could be with, a huge flood, You just mm-hmm. don't know. Mm-hmm. So that and could that, be it, yeah. So yeah, you don't be know. Careful! I mm-hmm. always
0: open my mind. Yeah, you don't to don't know. hopeful yeah. possibilities. That's me. Yeah. She also. Yeah. She. She said, "Quote in 1985, Russia is devising an electronic system that will be able to knock out U.S. communications at the press of a button." Oh, so good. that could be interpreted <laughs> in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. I she also... out U.S. elections at the press of a button. <laughs> Go ahead. She said, "Yep, yeah, yep." Yeah. Thus, it will be one government yep. and one world, and the new currency to be introduced will be usable everywhere, anywhere. By that time, a new kind of communication will have been established, with travel by spaceships throughout the globe and magnetic and solar energies replacing fossil fuels. Yep. That that yeah. That was 79. Yeah. She yeah. said, yeah, color lines yeah. will be eradicated. Because since the human soul is without color, skin tone has no meaning here, national barriers will be non existent as mm-hmm. each strives for the good of all. And you know, there I don't think she was saying when I read that I wanna believe in diversity too, you know. I don't think we should all become some uniform I mean, creation is all about diversity, but that's what she said. Um Oh, listen to this one. Never before in world history has there been such potential for a few wrong-minded people to control the masses. Yet never has there been so much potential for good if right-thinking, peace-loving people are there to direct the machines that will be, quote, read daily by millions in schools, offices, and homes. Lives will wow. be saved, time conserved, and a new lifestyle merge as people take their informational readouts from computers. That's uh-huh. 1985, and there was no World Wide Web at that time.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm.
0: She's a little more recent, so she could have seen computers. She did say, um, <laughs> as we near the last decade of this century, we will encounter evil beings who are intent on taking advantage of everyone. This is the last desperate attempt by evil forces to control the earth before they realize their power will be eclipsed by the shift and the new age. And she wrote that in 1986. Irene Hughes, an American clairvoyant, in 1974, said in the year 2026, the Constitution of the United States will be no more. In its place will be an entirely different document with an entirely new way of governmental rule. I predict that man will live in greater trust and love of his fellow man at that time. That's Irene Hughes.
1: Interesting.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, I know. I'm we're still jumping well, here. We still have time. It's fun to jump around, actually. Yeah, I know. I'm almost done jumping. Annie Kirkwood, um, quote, The time is drawing near when you will be shaken and frightened. This was in um, a book published in 1991, so this is more recent. Mm, Not because of punishment, but to renew the land and the minds of mankind. The real tragedy during this time would be to lose one's spiritual growth the planet Earth is being bombarded with forces, which will cause it to change its direction in relation to the universe. In future time, man will be as different from the man of today as you are from the caveman. I like to think of the coming new era as, era as the, quote, aftertime, for truly it will be the aftertime when we all will live in peace. It is time for an evolutionary period to come to Earth. Man will change drastically. He will evolve into a new species, unquote. That's Annie Kirkwood. Yeah. Um,
1: Sounds like was, Barbara Martin's other, you know, she talks oh, about the new
0: species.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. almost spiritus. Only- yeah. I don't know what I did with it. There it is. Mary Summer Rain. She's really interesting. She Mm -hmm. was interpreting the words of a Native American shaman whose name was No Eyes. He was a Shoshone who was born blind. And she talked about, and then I think this will be the last one, quote, when hot winds blow across the land, they will wither the earth into dust bowls, they will absorb the underground springs and evaporate artesian water and create great sinkholes over the land mm. like massive moon craters. Isn't it interesting how we've been seeing more sinkholes yeah, lately? So more,
1: yeah, so many more sinkholes, yeah.
0: These dry winds will leave devastating erosion in its wake. Excessively high winds will blaze across the country, caring little for the freak deaths they leave in their paths. Tornadoes will increase. ...and become the rule rather than the exception in certain areas. Hurricanes huh. will rip into the coastal regions with increased force and destruction. Summer, summer thunderstorms will release a tenfold energy through intensified lightning and hail. Winter will bring frigid temperatures with its ferocious blizzard, causing week-long blackouts and untold fatalities. This was in the 80s, about 1981... Um, and then she said to eyes, this was what the shaman was telling her, quote, no eyes, a lot of people don't believe things are going to change. He said, what so? They're going to find out how good stuff be when they have no food in the house, in store even. Then they can eat their great stuff. They're going to find out how great stuff be when they no can get gas they going to find out, but good. What they going to do with great stuff when crazy people running all over? What's so about no electricity, no natural gas, no propane, huh? Summer rain, what's so then? So he was talking to her, and she was his conduit about, um, you know, we're so reliant. This is an important point. We're so reliant in our modern world on things that can so rapidly disappear. And
1: Right. Yeah.
0: You know, one, one of,
1: solar flare gone.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And one could yeah. argue that indigenous peoples and people who live much more simply on the land, we've lost touch with that. Mm-hmm. And You know, this may bring us full circle because one of the things I saw towards the end of my time, and I, how did I see this? It was more not visually. I didn't see something like right in front of my eyes. It was more like I felt this coming through to me that there could be a time where we would have to live or it was an alternative timeline. I wasn't sure. This would recur much closer to the land that we had lost sight of so much you know we think that we live in this really advanced society but when it comes to advancing consciousness in fact this is going to bring me to something i have coming up soon in the event um you know is that really advanced i mean truly being advanced as a species is to expand your consciousness it isn't it isn't measured by high technology. That's just a tool. That's just not all cultures even need that. And one could right. argue. Yeah. I
1: you
0: mean, know. we're using it right now. It obviously this is where we're at. But it does make us more vulnerable as a planet mm-hmm. because we haven't Definitely. developed ourselves spiritually. Instead, we've just been focusing on things and uh, and, and thinking that high technology is all there is. And, you know, things, tools, I think of the 2001 movie where they show the age of the tool. In fact, that's a very um, expansive movie in terms of consciousness. It was just an age. It's not just a movie, obviously. It's a book. Arthur C. Clarke, he saw a lot of things. And so anyway, um, I think that should wrap up all the voices. We certainly touched a bunch of
1: them. Yeah, yeah, you did a great job. So. The takeaway here, though, is, um, is it true, then, that we have the power
0: to change
1: this prophecy or prophecies? Can we still change our future?
0: If we go to what the, the, the very prophetesses, which is what I'm studying, prophetesses, who would often forecast very dark things, saw very light things. And that is characteristic of visionary experience in general, so I'm a hopeful person i I see that there is spiritual potential we're not We're not at the mercy of um you know we think that we're so limited and yet. More of us are starting to realize hey, you know, you see these synchronicities around us. We see that, um, you know, intuition is real, that, you know, it's impossible, it seems, that some of the stuff that happens, and you prove it, and in the presence of others, you know, it doesn't, it's not always just, although you can on your own, everyone's on their own path in terms of understanding their own experience. We are together observing things that don't conform to the traditional view of the paradigm we've been told that we live in. So I really believe we're on the verge of something paradigm shifting, and that's why we're looking at quantum physics and we're seeing that, hey, there are things behaving in ways they're not supposed to behave. I mean, that's kind of what's going on. And I think in science, we're going to go to the next level. And so, yes, Mm -hmm. I am Mm -hmm. totally hopeful. And I actually believe that it's the higher consciousness planets that do evolve that are able to weather the storm, so to speak, you know. Um, and, And you also have to think about, too, are we really in such an impersonal place? I mean, part of my own experience showed that, It was so unlikely that we could even survive on this planet. It's so volcanic. There's so many things here. And, you know, you can spend all day asking why, but we know that there's something higher. And, you know, everybody who has experienced that has felt this incredible feeling of overwhelming love. And it's a life changing thing. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. for me, I'm a much calmer person than I used to be, for example. You know, people, I get excited about some of these concepts, but I, you, it's a microcosm and a macrocosm. We are individually learning how to weather our own storms and,
1: and right. take it
0: to a higher level. And what does that mean together? Mm-hmm. Is, You're is helping that, everyone then? Yeah. Yes, together, yes. There is, I mean, if I can be a voice of, of, Looking towards positive futures, the prophetesses say this too, and that certainly is a part of my experience as well. So, so I totally believe in a higher future and a higher path. Um, even while there can be some pretty dark things that happen and scary things, and mm-hmm. the Earth is mm-hmm. powerful.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and it's interesting the thing from what.
0: Too. Yeah, yeah.
1: From the ones that you chose, a lot of the ones that you read, and and also with Nostradamus, that there is this, you know, thousand years of peace, this golden age that's coming. That yeah. a lot of them saw the same thing. So, um, you know, I, I remember I had a psychic circle uh, of friends, and we'd meet, and uh, we did a meditation on, well, what, what's, the, you know, what's the future going to look like, and we all saw the same thing, and it was all golden.
0: That's Literally,
1: right. and, everything was covered in, you know, colored in gold and just like, you know, really beautiful.
0: Well, and, you know, when I had a powerful experience in the early 2000s, it felt like, oh, my gosh. I mean, it was so incredible, this feeling of, you know, healing is possible, you know, that you got this feeling like, why can't we get started right away? <laughs> it kind of felt that way. Like, why yeah. can't we just yeah. instantly it transform? Now. <laughs> and yet, you know,
1: our we're circuit. here on a journey,
0: <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people thought that could happen in 2012, you know, something, and I know you have right. guests yeah, on people talking thought, about yeah. that. Yeah, now yeah. that
1: was just the kickoff to the whole thing.
0: <laughs> right. So, yeah. we, shouldn't, we shouldn't let our... There is absolutely no reason to darken our spirits. I, I I remember I wrote a poem when I was young about it was about nuclear war, something about the earth. Our our spirits were darkened with ashes. We don't need to go there. We can mm-hmm. look beyond that. We have to do this. I mean we're co creating a better future. We don't have to give up and succumb to what we're told. Um we have to look higher. I do believe that, absolutely. I am a strong believer in that.
1: Well, I know you have uh, an event coming up that you alluded to earlier. Uh, I want to share that with everybody. Yes. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes, it's actually very relevant. If you happen to find yourself in Los Angeles for the Conscious Life Expo, um, I will be talking about these things, not specifically the prophetesses, although I may mention that in my talk. I'm giving the talk. Um, it's my talk is Sunday, February ninth. I don't have it in front of me. I should have written it down. But yeah, Sunday, February ninth at noon, um, and it's in person at the Hilton LAX. It's not online or anything. Some of the expo is going to be online. The big keynote speakers, and I'm just I'm doing a free talk which is free with purchasing admission to the expo so you can just come free to to my talk after you get in and it is on the topic higher intelligence artificial and real and I'm actually going to talk a little bit about my time um, studying AI and how we always look at the darker aspects of AI and that I believe that because quantum reality is real, and that that theory is you know these higher a higher intelligence a higher awareness way of looking at the planet is real, even a i itself will derive that um and that you know, so it's kind of a positive. Once again, I like to be the positive voice, and so rather than looking at all the scary things that could be created by AI, I'm going to look at something which AI, through its, you know, as as it's able to see more and more things, may be able to actually see the synchronicities going on and see more about some of these theories and actually help us and it's only a stepping tool. And the rest of my talk is all about higher awareness and how do we live in a higher awareness way and we can all be spiritual people. We don't have to you know, we all have that ability and how it's life changing and I can personally attest to how how it can change um you know, we can live in these times in relative peace of spirit and um you know it's just so that's what my talks about and that'll be um you can learn about the conscious life expo at, at consciouslifeexpo.com um and um i'll also be posting it on on um, i have a twitter page it's um bridge builder um anyway go to com. that's a good site that links to my various social media The prophetess work is either on Mother Shipton, it's on mothershipton.com, and I do expect to be expanding prophetesslegacy.com, which is another website related to all this work. So anyway, I really appreciate being on your show, Joan. It was a lot of fun, and I somehow lost and found my voice, which is also symbolic. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm I'm glad I could talk through this. You know, we have these things happen as human beings, like colds and things that come upon us. But I'm really glad I was able to come on this show.
1: Oh, so am I. And you shared so much information. And um, Susan gave you where you can find out more information. Thank you so much. And next week, I'm starting two uh, shows to celebrate the one-year anniversary of Earth Energy Forecast. So next week, I'm going to have as a co-host Jane Reading, and we're going to have uh, them answering, I'm going to have guests answering the question, what can you do for yourself and Mother Earth in 2020? And I'm going to have Beth Hagens on, Jude Valentine on, and Jean Manning on, a show not to be missed, and then the following week, another anniversary show. So... Thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you again, Susan. Much love to everyone. Take care and enjoy the rest of your Tuesday.